0: Well, welcome all you wiretappers out there back here in the studio of Gangland Wire. Uh, I have, uh, as you can see, if you're on YouTube, I have our good friend Camilla's Cam Robinson. Welcome, Cam. Hey, Gary. How you doing? You know, he's my go-to guy for Chicago outfit stuff. You are, Cam. You're my go-to guy. (laughs) I I love being on. You know I do. (laughs) I know. I know you do. And uh, we're going to get you and Paul Whitcomb back on here one of these days soon, too. You understand you came up, you did some research about some other outfit stuff. So you got a lot of raw data there somewhere, a thousand pages of it, right? I,
1: I did. I pulled up some great government documents. We're going to get into that
0: for too long. I know we are. All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about Alan Dorfman and the question, as you can see from the title, the question is why was Alan Dorfman killed? I think we kind of know Joey Lombardo probably had something to do with it. And Frank Suisse, maybe Uh, there's a couple other names mentioned. I can you remember what other names were mentioned in that yet.
1: I, one of the names I've always heard was, was, Paul Shiro. I think yeah. Paul Shiro could have come out and, and, and been a guy. I think uh, uh, Paul Shiro was involved in a hit that took place up in uh, Milwaukee. Uh, he was sort of a go-to guy, somebody that, that nobody around Chicago knew. Yeah. And and he was known to be a, a hitter. He was somebody who was involved in the Family Secrets trial, not for Alan Dorfman. But, but that was a name that's always been bandied about.
0: Yeah that 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 makes sense like you said he's not really known in Chicago and Paulie Shiro, Paulie the Indianer he he was a longtime outfit hitman and burglar and, and all around criminal who had moved to the southwest i believe was it uh, right right phoenix or or uh, albuquerque somewhere right out? and he was he
1: was Spilatro's guy which
0: would have put him
1: in line from right. uh, uh, Lombardo, right. which, which makes sense. You know, Lombardo would have been plugged in, and, and Irving Weiner was basically tight with Lombardo, and Irving Weiner was with Lombard was with uh, Dorfman when he was killed. So you right. know this was an outfit it, because Weiner was was so juiced in with the outfit,
0: right? And they had a history. of uh, Weiner, Irving Weiner, and Joey Lombardo, and the teamsters, yeah. and, and Dorfman, because of the. Uh, Seifert, Danny Seifert murder, and right, right. Uh, that that business that Seifert had that was tied into the Teamsters. He had a uh, you may you guys a lot of you may know the story if you ever if you're on Facebook at all and you see Joey Seifert uh, the Facebook out there and the the book that they wrote the Seifert Sons. Uh, Danny Seifert was a was kind of an outfit businessman. Uh, he took some Teamsters money and and he uh, let Joey Lombardo partner with him, and, and Erwin Weiner, I believe, did too, was a partner in that fiberglass company, and then FBI was putting pressure on him, and I believe Seifert was indicating he might testify, and uh, Lombardo Frank Suisse came in and killed him, and that was part of the family secrets trial there.
1: Right, right, right. They were they were using that business to launder pension funds, and it, it went back to uh, Felix Alaricio, Milwaukee Phil. And uh, he was tight with the secret family. It really, it was one of, of many businesses they were using to launder those
0: Teamster funds. And uh, it really came to a head when IRS agents were, were talking to secret Yeah. So, so Alan Dorfman was, <laughs> he was wrapped up in the outfit and particularly in, with Joey Lombardo and kind of that faction of the outfit. Because Lombardo, you know, he was the, Uh, this wiretap we're going to eventually listen to actually say in it's a microphone that was in Dorfman's office. Lombardo was in there almost every day with Dorfman and talking about different things and making phone calls. And, and and he was, he was kind of like the outfits guy to monitor Alan Dorfman. And and so uh, let's talk, let's go back just a little cursory history of Alan Dorfman. You know, his father was red Dorfman was a long time. uh, Uh, connected. a union guy got connected with the outfit back in what the 30s probably. Yeah. yeah.
1: He was he was tied in with the Waste Tallers Union. He he had no history with the Waste haulers Union. The then guy who founded the Waste Tallers Union was was murdered. Red Dorfman, who had no history, shows up at a meeting for the Waste Tallers Union and is immediately voted in as secretary and mm-hmm. treasurer and president of the, the Waste Tallers <laughs> <laughs> Union. <laughs> Now, I don't know if that was suspicious at well. the time, but uh, 1939 was, was uh, you know, he just, it was
0: Moved fortuitous in, you know, for
1: the outfit in Red Dorfman.
0: As Gomer Pyle would say, surprise, surprise, <laughs> <was> surprise. <laughs> Supposedly, so uh, Red Dorfman is a guy that introduced Hoppe into his relationship <laughs> it, with the outfit. It's exactly. something I read. Exactly, he he
1: brought Hoffman into the outfit, and because he founded that pension, that pension was one of many that were folded into the Central States Pension Fund, and uh, uh, Hoffman Hoffa, I'm sorry, became close with the outfit through Red Dorfman, and likewise, Alan Dorfman became close with with Hoffa through uh,
0: his stepfather Red right and and you know alan dorfman said this is all pre-war during the war as with many many men you know he went away and he actually i, I believe i read he won the silver star yeah and i've read about other mob guys that went away to war everybody went to war back then <laughs> I mean, if there was any way they they went away to war and uh, kind of a war hero came back and and he started out he was a a physical education teacher at the uh, University of Illinois, I think, or a yeah. college there. He a Illinois. college graduate. Yeah, and, and he was this bright guy. You know, he was known as the rabbi on the wiretaps. They always called him, they referred to him, or Dorfman, and referred to him by name. They referred to him as a rabbi or, the, or up north, the rabbi up north. You knew that was Alan Dorfman when we were talking about him. Yeah, There, there was one little snippet uh, from some of these other wiretaps where he says, you know, to maneuver money, you gotta be in the gambling business. <laughs> he became that. a millionaire during the 50s because mm-hmm. he had formed this amalgamated insurance company and he got you know all the the pension funds to manage. He got a piece of the, all that all that off the top, of course, of fees. And he also was selling insurance to the Teamsters and and so right. he was he, he did really well quickly. He was, in, in 1953,
1: before, the, uh, before he had, had control, before the team suspension had even been put together by Hop. in 1953, he had all the union business in Chicago. His commissions were $600,000 a year in 1953. Now, those are $1953. Wow. You can do the math. I, yeah. I can't write. Now, but, uh, <laughs> no, but it's big. <laughs> it's a lot of money. In yeah, it's 2
0: or $3 million in today's right. dollars. So. Yeah, you had six hundred thousand dollars in nineteen fifty three when a car cost you a thousand dollars. You were lucky. Uh, that's a lot of cars. Uh, could he hardly make a dollar, a dollar and a quarter an hour was a big time salary. So that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, Joe Lombardo, one other player in this thing, as we talk about the the murder of Alan Dorfman, who might have did it, who who had, uh, 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 I guess the 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 desire to have him murdered, who was who feared what he could do. How he could hurt them the most. And Joey Lombardo, of course, or Lumpy, uh, he, he was he had a lot to fear from Alan Dorfman coming in and testifying. Oh, yeah. oh a, yeah. A ton. You know, he came up with the Grand Avenue crew, he had been a good thief, and and uh he, he wasn't a great big tough guy, he was more of a, a fun guy, but he's probably the kind of guy that would come in and and, and just say, you know, hey, you know, you need to pay this money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not right. you know, why somebody else will be around. I, I figure he was that kind of guy. Uh, you know, there's that famous uh, video of him. The camera people are following him and he goes into this drugstore, and then there's some woman there. some he doesn't even know he walks up to her and he starts joking with her and he puts his arm around her and let's pose for the cameras. and You can see this confused look in her face, like well, what the hell's going on? Right. He, <laughs> He was also a killer
1: though. He he was his bones in the early sixties. He really did. So uh for all his laughing and, and joking and playing and, and newspaper ads and call Ron Kumpke and uh, my parole <laughs> officer, he was he was a very murderous guy. So yeah. he was he was he was sort of both sides of the coin, which is why I think there's so much interest in him. Is is he could really play the clown and he could really uh he could really take down when he had to. It's a it's a really Really interesting dichotomy with him. Yeah,
0: and there's that famous tape of uh, him calling, uh, talking to Morris Schenker with Dorfman, and, and he mm-hmm. said, "You know," he said, Alan's a nice guy. He's a he's not the kind of guy that do that. But you know, the piece of, the people that got a piece, Alan, they are that kind of guy. <laughs> he, yeah. That kind of a subtle threat, not you know, angry right. screaming." intimidating, but intimidating on a real low-key scale. I, to me, a guy like that is scarier. He yeah. said, you say you're 72, you know, you want to reach 73, you know, you got to do what you got to do the right thing here. I don't
2: want to Chicago. You know, you know what I mean by Chicago. should have been off the top, you know? We didn't get in that cover over don't want to go to Chicago. We yeah. You have to find a way to clean it. Yeah, you know, I'm the nicest guy in the world, and the other hand, nobody's gonna make me do anything. I never did business with him. That. That's true, i did business with Harper. I did years in there. I business with a and copper, that's you and I Excuse me, I just heard a bit of message back. You can fight the system if you want. Know so I'll tell you what to. You said you're 72, and you defy fired? All you can do is send God a guy and beat him to him. One guy. If you don't hold that, you don't have to worry about You don't reach 73 freedom. You're not a problem. You're a lawyer. You've been around singles for a long time. you got folks to go for a I was not that type of a guy. But the people got a piece of him. I'm that type of a guy. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? I think that Lombardo. Was probably the most powerful mob capo in the country he had control of the central states pension fund and he was also responsible for las vegas and that was four four hotels and casinos i think that that was a tremendous amount of responsibility for any for any individual mob guy for any boss but he was a capo at the time he was over top of Spilatro, yeah uh and he was over top valendorfin which was the central states if you wanted a loan From the Teamsters, you had to go through through, uh, Dorfman, who was owned by Lombardo. So you had to talk to Lombardo. Every mob figure in the country had to go through Lombardo. Now, I I might get some pushback from this, but that's my personal feelings is is that Lombardo probably had the greatest responsibility for the most amount of money of most any mob capo in the country.
0: Yeah, for, for his level, you know, I think Ayupa right. uh, uh, was the boss at the time. Right, right. Cardo right. was, you know, was still alive, but behind the scenes, I, I believe he was still alive then. Oh, but, yeah. but I mean, in some things, like if Nick Savella, Kansas City, needed to talk, he would talk no, to Ayupa. Yeah. He didn't no, go yeah. to Lombardo. Lombardo. No, no, no. Lombardo uh, I, I, and Dorfman did come down here once, I believe. Yeah. But but he would go talk to Ayupa. But other than that, you know Lombardo handled things, and he was kind of like you know like almost like the underboss over all the Teamster stuff and the Las Vegas stuff. And because what we're going to talk about next is, is the the uh, attempted. Uh, bribery of the Nevada Senator, Howard Cannon, because they were frantically trying to get all the political connections they could out in Nevada because they had so much business out there and wanted to do more business and nor more business. They were making so much money out of Nevada that they needed good political connections in Nevada. And Joe Lombardo right. engaged in this conspiracy to bribe the senator and, and along with a couple of other of, uh, of Dorfman's people, there's a guy named uh, Andrew Massa, uh, a- mm-hmm. called him Amos, Amos Massa. And he was a trucking company executive. Uh, I don't really remember much. He was a, he was a pension fund trustee, I believe.
1: I, I think he was. And you had trucking deregulation coming through and you had Howard Cannon sitting at the head of the Commerce Commission. Right. Once trucking deregulation came through, you could get these massive conglomerates eating up all the uh, eating up all the small firms. I mean, that would really remove all these little laws that that set trucking prices and 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 protected regional regional trucking firms. I mean, trucking regulation really protected the small trucker. It really created the middle class among truckers. And without that those regulations, and and I'm not I I think that it was a good thing for for truckers pay but without that trucking regulation it really really lost a lot of the local trucking firms that the mob control and Lombardo saw that coming a lot of the mob did and they figured if they bribed the head of the commerce uh the uh commerce committee they could get him to vote against Jimmy Carter's plan to uh, deregulate trucking yeah, Jimmy but, Carter wanted to deregulate it because inflation was such a bad idea, it was was such a bad uh, uh, thing during the seventies yeah. that uh, that uh, he thought that that would uh, would uh, lower prices so much because then you could import from overseas.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, the whole thing about uh, well, even continues the modern day about how you know the conservative and liberal views of of government and society right. and how much government regulation should you have. And, and, you know, the the conservatives would say less regulation, the more money the companies could make, which then right. they supposedly will hand on down to their employees and, you know, stimulate the economy. It's kind of a part of a bigger picture, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I think that uh, it, it's odd to think the mob would, in that instance, fall on the side of the uh, of the, the liberals. When a lot of their their beliefs tended to fall on the side of uh, of a conservative. Italian values in, yeah. in a way, but uh, it's it's a strange <laughs> it's a strange way of how their uh, political uh, ideologies lined up at the time. Well, they say politics <laughs> right. makes strange
0: bedfellows, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know you've read that somewhere, Shakespeare <laughs> <Right>. probably. <laughs> and, and another conspirator in this was a guy named Thomas F. O'Malley, who was <laughs> Chicago yeah. police. He was a former cop, and he was a Teamsters pension fund. Trustee, and it, somehow he was he was part of this conspiracy. Uh, he was probably going to help provide the the cash money to to buy this big piece of property. Because what they did, they bought a, a piece of property that Cannon wanted. He lived mm-hmm. in a, a neighborhood, and the neighborhood did not want a like a, a high rise or something right. going in. And, and they were going to get. They bought the property. And then they were going to turn around and make sure Cannon got it for a uh, nice price. Now they never did get the deal consummated. Uh, something happened before it actually done got done, and they didn't. They used Cannon as a witness in this deal rather than as a to actually taking the bribe. It was it was
1: greed uh, that Palmieri, who had taken over the pension fund by then, wanted a million six. Howard Cannon wanted to wanted to pay a million four. That was as high as he could go. And if the mob had just come up with two hundred thousand of their own money (laughs) and 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 loaned it or given it to Cannon, they would have gotten the deal. They they could have stopped in it. They could have stopped the trucking deregulation. But they were so greedy, they couldn't come up with two hundred thousand to consummate the deal. And so uh, Palmieri, the company that 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 took over because the the pension fund was so corrupt, wouldn't accept a million four for that land. And and that mob greed.
0: Is what really prevented that deal? Yeah, interesting. And Roy Lee Williams from Kansas City was indicted on this case too. Matter of fact, that's what will eventually turn him. He gets emphysema right. really bad, and and by by the end, he gets his big long what 55? I think he got a fifty year sentence uh, out of the deal. He had a lot of time to do, and and he comes in, he ends up testifying and may, mainly in, in front of Congress and, and at the skim trial. So. Uh, this whole uh, attempted uh, bribery of of, uh, Howard Cannon really brought a lot of people down, Uh, you know? And and so to me, and it's not too long after all this comes out, it's just a short period of time after all this comes out that these guys are indicted for this, that Herb Weiner and Alan Dorfman are going to lunch one day (laughs) Couple of guys uh, are stalking them. Uh, there are se- several reports that these guys are stalking them just before, you know, right out of the Chicago outfit playbook. They are, they are good. They stalk and they watch and they wait and uh, they're stalking them. And, and then somebody runs up behind Dorfman and uh, Weiner walking across the parking lot and shoots Dorfman in the back of the head with a 22 and then throws the 22 away. I mean, it, it, talk about Mark through Chicago hit, don't mm-hmm. you think? Cam. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think that I don't think this is a robbery. <laughs> I think that If Weiner was present, the outfit was in on it. I
0: think that this was a real,
1: uh, a real professional
0: job. I asked what do you think? Speculation. Do you think, uh, Weiner set oh, him yeah. up, set him up? Oh yeah. There's no yeah. doubt.
1: Yeah. I, I think Weiner said, I'll take him to lunch. You got, I'll tell you where he's going to be. He's going to be at the, at the purple yeah. Hyatt which was then a famous hotel, and uh, you guys come across the parking lot, I'll distract them, and you get them.
0: And, and you know, uh, they had to surveil just in case because, for example, uh, Dorfman took a little side trip that wasn't announced, he wanted to go to a video store or something, but they were trailing along behind because they had witnesses that that picked out these guys in another area where uh, right. Dorfman and Weiner were just before they went to the Hyatt and parked over there. So here we are, you know, somebody kills Dorfman who killed him and why. And, and I came up with this wiretap from probably from Pindorf, I guess. And it's Alan Dorfman, a guy named Saul Schwartz discussing the, uh, the who the next head of the outfit is going to be. And, and this was before Dorfman was killed and, and, the the outfit would have had this, some of their lawyers, you know, in discovery, you got to give up at least the transcripts on all these for all to the lawyers. And, you know, if you remember back with uh, um, the deal in the Donnie Brasco and, and uh, quack, quack, Ruggiero. Yeah. Uh, people got killed. Uh, Castellano thought that Rogerio was doing drugs and he knew that the bureau had wiretaps and there was a case going and the the lawyers now had those wiretaps and Castellano wanted to see those transcripts and and Gotti knew that Rogerio would then it would be known that he was dealing drugs that both of them were yeah And so, you know, there. whenever you have these cases and in discovery, then the mob is looking for at discovery. Other people in the mob are looking at the discovery to find out what all is going on. You know, they want to know what the Bureau knows, but they also want to know in general, you know, what the Bureau knows and the government knows and what they know about other things that they may be doing. that give them clues. So and and in this case, they could have gotten hold of this uh, transcript that I've got here. Uh, and Dorfman is not too complimentary about Jackie Cerrone. I noticed that. Right. And, and what they're doing is, uh, is is discussing, you know, who's going to take over the outfit because Iupa's had a heart attack. At this time, Iupa had a heart attack. And we know that from public sources also know that because Nick Savella and Cork went to Chicago during this time to meet with IOPA to talk about them putting together a package of some investors uh, that they would be behind and they would buy out Chicago's interest in the Stardust. They would be able to buy the Stardust from Blick and they would, would take over Chicago's interest. And, and so they go to, to a relative of Nick Savella's, a guy named uh, Anthony Schiavolo, who's actually a Chicago policeman, another policeman here in Chicago. Uh, and they were going to go to his house. I, I released uh, on YouTube the uh, uh, wiretap recently of Sheabola talking to his son Anthony Jr. about checking for surveillance outside his house, but be- just before uh, Jackie Sharone and uh, John, Joey Iupa were going to get there, and Nick Savella, as he was coming in, you know, he calls and checks. You know, is there any? Did you brush the streets? He said, "I'm going to go out and brush them again." And when they got there, they had, the Bureau had the room where they thought they were going to meet bugged, but I was on the second floor would have been the natural place for him to go. But Iupa, his heart was so bad. He couldn't, didn't think he should walk up even one flight of stairs. So Mm -hmm. they had the meeting on another floor. As Bill Lousley said, that would have been nice to have a uh, wiretap or a, a tape and a, Uh, uh, recording the head of the Kansas city mafia talking to the boss of the uh, Chicago outfit that would have been done that would have been gold wouldn't it oh my god the equivalent of a commission meeting in New York (laughs) really so uh, Dorfman's discussing uh who's going to be the next boss in Chicago with this Saul Schwartz who Saul Schwartz is just a my understanding—correct me if I'm wrong—he's just a uh, an underling in the uh, Amalgamated Insurance Company. Uh, I read right, up a little right. bit about him. He he uh, seemed to be dealing with a culinary workers union out west, and and he ends up getting uh, indicted for offering kickbacks to the leader of this union if they can, if uh, Amalgamated can manage their pension fund and you know they like sell them insurance and that kind of thing and they they'll they'll give this um culinary unions uh president kickback so i mean the whole thing was just rife with corruption wasn't it
1: yeah it's he knew he knew dorfman and you can tell by this by this uh these transcripts that he knew enough to sort of be dangerous they say but he uh he really was, was prodding Dorfman for more information. <laughs> yeah, he was.
0: Yeah. Now listen, here's, here's Dorfman. I'll tell you something, my department, we got some other serious problems. This guy here is very sick. That should mean that means IUPA, we figured out. Swartz says, Yeah, who takes over? Dorfman says, Well, that's a big problem. Swartz, you mean there's a fight among themselves? Well, there's no fight as of now, but normally there's a normal new president. But I know that all the young ones are here, right here. Yesterday, the day before yesterday, they got from the West. They got, it must be got in from the West, right. which would have to be Scalatro. So and and uh, so who else? Maybe Pauly uh, Shiro followed the Indians out from the in from the West. But uh, so Swartz says, well, what's he got? Cancer? He had a heart attack. And that's how we're sure he's talking about Ayuba, because Ayuba mm-hmm. had had a heart attack about this time. Well, he's home now. He's under doctor supervision. He said with, well, uh, you know, that's what I'm, uh, I'm quoting him now. I haven't seen him. So what, but what about Joey? Could this guy be affected? That's Schwartz asking, could Joey, being Joey Lombardo, could he be affected by this, you know, this transition? So, well, he won't be affected, but only if well, how are they related, what's he He's asking all these questions. You know, I I'd I think Dorfman be kind of suspicious. Well, why he's asking all these questions? But Dorfman's kind of playing the, you know, I'm an in guy. I know what's right. What's right, going that, on. Ego,
1: that ego, that ego. Yeah. You know.
0: So, well, how are they related? Well, their guys not. You know, their guys, their guys. That's pushed up. You see, the exasperating part about it is that I pleaded two years ago, as you well know to come back home because he had been the heir apparent. Well, it's too late now, too late. So you think come back home two years ago and been the heir apparent, you think that's Spilatro? Yeah. That's yeah, what Spilatro, I thought. He
1: was, he was really the anointed one for a long time. And, uh, you know, he even went to to uh, uh, acardo and, and asked him as much. I mean, Spilatro was really a, a fast riser during that. I mean, there's, there's really – very little question that he
0: was—he was considered the—the the guy for a long time. That he was being prepped for that role. So Dorfman says, uh, uh, "Well, I think Joey's upset about it. Very upset. Very upset because you know Joey was made some promises that are not. I'm not getting. I'm really shouldn't get into that. But I detect from my conversation at that, that and it's where it finishes the sentence. He's not happy. So Lombardo's not happy," uh, uh, said. Dorman said he's unhappy. He's unhappy because of guy's illness. He probably is unhappy. The fact that he hadn't been given more authority. He seemed to be having that are currently 10 place. Cause Joey, I said to him, what's bothering you? Tell me what's, what's what, well, Alan, I don't like the way things are happening. All right. So we're ready. And so we're ready in case. Uh, so I'm not sure, you know, uh,
1: you know, I, you, hear you, a lot of these, you hear a lot of these guys these young guys, these, these, you know, Lombardo would have been in his fifties, but uh, a lot of these guys always say, well, you know, you kill one or two or three or four of these guys and you can take over the whole thing. I mean, that's, it's, you hear that from, from Chicago to New York, that they all have this plan that if they, if they whacked a couple of guys, then they can take over. And it's, it's a, it's a pipe dream that a lot of them have. And you kind of gotta wonder if Lombardo had that had that sort of pipe dream too. That if he, we're ready. If 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 we had to, we're ready to either take over if they if they if they give it to us, or we're ready. If uh, if we have to make some moves, we can make them. Yeah,
0: it's kind of interesting that we were promised some stuff, you know. So right, somebody right. promised him something. Here's an interesting question from Schwartz. I thought there's but but there's a regular line of ascendancy ascendancy, isn't there? There there's a Dorfman replies, no, that's only at the districts that there is, but when a particular one is selected, you know, it's with the consent of, with the consent of the areas, you know, now, that means that like, if you need like a, a, a capo and, you know, somebody in the cruise under, under lower down, there is kind of a regular line of ascendancy, but yeah. when it comes to the overall boss that you don't have a regular line, they've got you can reach down under Lombardo takes Blattro because as Dorfman goes on, say a lot of guys don't want it. You know, Lombardo was the street boss at the time too, is is what you got to
1: remember. So the street boss, I I guess that's why they're talking about there's a regular order of things. I mean, you would think the street boss would move up to the under boss and would then move up to, to higher. uh, And Lombardo is, is not
0: being given that role that he thought he deserved. Yeah. Interesting. Bless you know, uh, uh, at this point in time, La Pietra and uh, Jackie Saron were both intimately involved with the skim, mm-hmm. whereas some of the Al Piolato Piot- 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 and, and a lot of these other guys that were doing the deal out there, they were not involved with the skim right. at all. I've seen, you know, right. that whole case file, and, and there is no mention anybody but and on the telephones and people that got cases were Jackie serone and and. Uh, La Pietra and Lobardo and Iupa and, yeah. and that was it in Chicago so they're yeah. the ones that they have more power than anybody else I would say because yeah. that was you know they had that money coming in for them they probably weren't sharing it to those other anybody under
2: them
1: right guys like Solano and Pilato were really high right. up in the laborers unions you know Solano was was head of the national and, and Pilato had, was was
0: was pretty high up too but they were not were not part of the skin so this next sentence dorfman says uh i'll see that's in response to uh well yeah after he says i mean some guys don't want it you know yeah they're under the gun you know you take the uh, indications are right now because you know the obvious one would have been the guy who died turk turk would have been the obvious one that would have taken over but he's dead so the other two i can see on the horizon would be well the guy from the south side or jackie Neither, neither, neither of really, them had the authority to do neither one. So Turk, Turk Torello, right. Uh, what was the story with him? I, I can't really remember. Turk Torello,
1: uh, died of cancer. Suddenly he was a, he was a, he was in his forties. He was a real fast riser. He was basically anointed. He was considered the guy who was going up and, uh, he was he was given a tremendous amount of responsibility, and he was considered the one who was going to move on. That was that was more or less understood, and uh he was being groomed, as as, as they would say, and uh then he died of cancer. He's he's in that photo, the Last Supper photo, Tartarello. He was a, the capo of the of the Chinatown crew, and after him was uh was the other guy that was would have been the south side is Chinatown. The other guy who took over was Angelo Lupita, who was, as you just said, was responsible for the skim and had built the Italian-American uh, uh, social club and a tremendous amount of money and tremendous amount of power and would have been a natural candidate for taking over also. He was, he was a real well-respected guy.
0: So the next one would be uh, Swartz says Jackie would no. Jackie has a lot of limitations too hot headed. So here's where I just wonder if, if Jackie Saron found out Dorfman was talking about about him yeah. like this, <laughs> he said yeah. he had a lot of limitations. So obviously, you know, Dorfman doesn't really have a say so, but he's bad mouthing him. he says he's too unconfined to make too many judgments that are not in everybody's best interest. And where That's this so guy's just reversed. Go ahead. Yeah, he was also a bit of a drinker. Ah, you know, I've heard that. That, mm-hmm. that also makes him unreliable. So he's talking, I don't know who he's gotta be talking about. Here's a guy you'll listen he'll listen, listen, and re-evaluates and re-listens, evaluate. And sometimes you know, as much as a month or two will go by before he gives an answer. Uh I mean, unless somebody, it's an absolute, absolute urgency. Well, he's, he's, you know, very calculated in his thinking, which Jackie is not. So you think he's comparing Jackie to somebody that's really calculated in their thinking. You think it's with uh, LaPietra? Yeah.
1: I it, i think based on that, you know, you know, Gary, better than I do how hard it is to to read transcripts and, and listen oh, to yeah. audio and know exactly how compared to being in person and, and having yeah. conversations and, and follow somebody. But I, I think that, that it does sound like because he's going from the guy from the South side and Jackie, that, 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 yeah, it does sound like he's comparing the South side to, uh, to Jackie.
0: And it goes on, uh, the other guy out South, I think, well, there'll be a real, an open war. He's, he's real. He's a real, and Schwartz fills it in, shoot him up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that and La and Pietra, wars. you know, that, uh, and, and this axed one, last one, Schwartz says, act mean, act tough, talking about uh, La Pietra. And, that, and that's really kind of how he was, Oh yeah, my understanding of his reputation. You know, I, I, another speculation about him, uh, Angelo. Uh, the hook. The hook is Jerry Scalise and that Art Rachel went to England and they stole that huge big diamond and did this multimillion-dollar diamond theft and they mailed that stuff back on the way to the airport. They got caught as soon as they landed and did a lot of time and never told anybody. Way later in life, La Pietra is dead. His widow is still living in the the same home that's described as a a compound, an impregnable compound is described. And Jerry Scalise has put a crew back together and the Bureau is all over them. They did some, they were scouting some armored cars and, and uh, some other big time robberies to do with his crew. And they catch him doing a home invasion at La Pietra's home with his widow inside. I have to wonder if, if La Pietra might have ripped him off on that jewelry thing or something. I I, I just can't imagine why he would go to rob the guy's widow. You got any ideas on that? You know, a
1: lot of those outfit guys, it's not like they could go to the bank. So they had stacks of cash. And, you know, they found stacks of cash at Frank Calabrese's house he, at, years after he died. Junior pointed them out and he said, out, told them how to find out. I believe they yeah. found $800,000 in cash. So it wouldn't have been unusual for them to find hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash in Mobboss's house. That's a good speculation. That's interesting, Gary. I'd never thought about that. Uh, but I think the very least, at the very least, he would have found uh a hell of a lot of cash at, uh, in that house. He and would have there's no it, doubt, but but I it, mean sounds it sounds personal, you're right. That, right. That's, it just that's seemed, damn good.
0: It seemed personal to me. That, yeah. I mean, you t- you take out a guy's widow like that. I mean, what, yeah. And, and he wasn't ever an informant. He he, he he did his time. He did a lot of time and maybe even died in penitentiary or died shortly after he got out from the Skim uh, investigation. So and he was really an important guy at, at one time. So I, I think it just seemed personal to me. I don't know. Yeah. So this last sentence, Dorfman says, and then the tape cuts off. I, I'm curious about your. Uh, thought on this and, and the Greek. Obviously, we'll get never get it, you know, because he's Greek. Uh, the most logical guy was uh, the little guy. So the most, the little guy's always going to be Spilatro, I think, in yeah. the world. Uh, even uh, they called him that in Kansas City, a little T yeah. or the little guy or T. Uh, but the Greek, who would the Greek be at this point in time? Greek,
1: the Greek is Gus Alex. As part Gus of that, that ruling triumvirate of Ocardo of and Iupa. Okay. I, you know, for those of you who listen, I, I am getting it right nowadays. I've gotten some criticism. Iupa. That, but, yeah, <laughs> Iupa. Don't say Iupa. That's Iupa. right. Not Iupa anymore, <laughs> but uh, I, I, it is Iupa. And uh, the Greek would have been Gus Alex, who was the brain trust. But um, so... Uh, there's the cat. He got his way <laughs> in. She did make her way in. So, uh, but uh, Gus Alex was the brain trust. He was the, 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 the smart one. He knew all the gambling. He knew all the angles. He had all the political connections, but he was the Greek. He could not have made it uh, to the top
0: of the list, but he was about as high ranking as a non-Italian could be. Interesting. That was a really interesting conversation. I thought, and guys, I'm going to, I'm going to attach this uh, whole conversation, the audio, and you can, you can listen for yourselves and I'll put the, uh, uh, transcript on the uh, show notes, be pretty long show notes, but I'll put the transcript in there. So you can, you can make your own speculation. I, I just, uh, Stand damn interesting
1: uh, audio. It's probably the most interesting I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And again, as you said, though, cam is so hard. You gotta if you don't have really a lot of good inside knowledge about these conversations, you know, you don't have a storyteller. You can you can wiretap all day long, and you can bug yeah. all day long. And and if you don't have a storyteller, somebody to say this is what that means, it's really hard. It, just never give up that, you know, that golden conversation for the most part. I've got a few golden conversations with uh, uh Peckerwood, uh, Carl Thomas talking to Nick Savella about skimming or skimming from Las Vegas casinos. But, but these mob guys, the real guys that they're really involved close, uh, they never really say exactly what they mean. It's yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, it's like in New York when they point to the chin for uh I mean, they, they know they know what they're supposed to say and what they're not cuz that they know that that they're all what they could always be reported oh yeah the
2: but uh, I know that all uh, well, right so, right yes, you the young ones that are here. They're here. They're today for exactly the wet. Yeah, I think that's very very small now. The doctors related to must take it very with I'm not quoting them now, I think with the with the journey. Well, they're going to they won't be affected. They'll be affected only if they Their guy is not the guy that's, you know, switched uh, on The exact is that I believe two years ago too well then, to, to come back home. Then you've to see what it gets, you we are a It's too late. It's good. Joey is a uh, very, very, very good about the person. Neither Joey was made for the promises. Uh, 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 I'm not deaf, uh, but I can detect from my conversation with whether uh, he is unhappy. He is unhappy because of a guy who's probably unhappy in fact that he has given more authority. And he that he assumed he was form of, of the natural that I currently things were like. Because, uh, Joey, I have to and tell like what Oh, things your head. Uh, it's great indication because there's, 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 there's a regular line for the seven. There's, there's a no, that's only a substance security. No. But when a particular one is selected, no. it would be expensive. of a month and I'm really not that impressive. Uh, and uh, I yeah, I wasn't going to <laughs>
1: Damn interesting uh, audio. It's probably the most interesting I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, I I think so. Again, as you said though, Cam, it's so hard. You gotta, if you don't have really a lot of good inside knowledge about these conversations you know you don't have a storyteller you can you can wiretap all day long and you can bug yeah. all day long and and if you don't have a storyteller somebody to say this is what that means it's really hard they, they just never give up that you know that golden conversation for the most part i've got a few golden conversations with uh, uh peckerwood uh carl thomas talking to nick savella about skimming or skimming from las vegas casinos but but these mob guys, the, uh, the real guys that they're really involved close, uh, they never really say exactly what they mean. It's
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like in New York when they point to the chin for uh <laughs> for, I mean, for they, they know they know what they're supposed <laughs> to say and what they're not, because that they know that that they're what they could always be reported.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of that guys, you know, that guy, right, over there, right. Uh, that guy there. Of course, the funniest one, I've got that uh, wiretap of uh, Tuffy DeLuna and Joe Agosto trying to come up with the code names for uh, uh, flights coming in. (laughs) 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 And it's got to be the funniest line I ever heard is, United. He said, what the fuck's a good you? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Unger. Mr. Unger. (laughs) <laughs> somebody must have watched uh the odd couple at the time <laughs> <Beanie Conger>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well it's been a lot of fun cam i, I appreciate Absolutely. you speculating with this with me on this uh, who knows i mean i'm sure he was killed for, uh, mainly because they were so afraid of him testifying because they were looking at getting a lot of time on that hard cannon thing. I think he had another case pending at the time. And, and Alan Dorfman was a multi-multi-millionaire, had lived this life of luxury for a long time and power. And, and now he's looking at going to the penitentiary for basically the rest of his life. And he's around 60-some years old. So, um, I can understand where they might want to take him out. And, and of course, he did not ever swear to any kind of old He did not have to no. go. You had to just depend on him. Uh they'd sent him a message a few years ago with a bomb on on another case. Yeah. And he I, I can't remember. I think he did a little time, not a lot.
1: Yeah, a little over a year. <laughs> yeah. In uh, yeah. on that uh Pendorf, that uh yeah. that Howard Cannon case. But as uh,
0: no, it wasn't on the Howard Cannon. He was just getting ready to be sentenced on that.
1: No, yeah, that's you know what it was. It was, it was, one. It was, it was Union funds. That's union what it was. Some union, union thing. Yeah. I couldn't. That's remember, right. That's right. That's it wasn't right. a big case.
0: It was on the Pandora Foods Union funds. But, uh, but bad Jackie Shroni like that, it probably wasn't hard to get Shroni to cooperate. <laughs> I think he went along pretty easily. So be careful what you say, mobsters out there, it may end up in court and your buddies <laughs> may get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> There's been more than one that gossip a little bit on the phone and it, and it gets leaked out. Well, like uh, that's what they used to turn uh, uh, Sammy the Bull. That's right. Was uh, Gotti talking about, you know, like he you say know, basically sacrifice uh, Gravano and uh, and there's been more than one. The Bureau always they get some kind of a uh, something that sounds like you're out. That's how they turned Frank. Uh, uh, oh, God. Collada. Is they yeah, took him back that right, and, right. and they said, You got to clean your laundry out there. And then he knew, knows what that means. So, Tony Splato's got to clean his own laundry. And he's got to clean up the guys that can testify against him. And Culada was a guy that could really bring him in on a lot of stuff. And uh, so they take those tapes around and then use them to turn people. I remember mean, we had one here, Jimmy DiCapo was a gambler. And he was down at uh, Jefferson City, a state pr- prison for something. The Bureau got this and they were worried about him. He took it to him. He said, you know, I, I worried about that. You know, it doesn't always work, but but it, it, it works many times. Probably works more often than not. Because If yeah. they're going to kill you, you got nothing left to lose. That's right. That's right. All right, camp. I appreciate it. And guys, I always Absolutely. appreciate y'all listening and uh, keep coming back. Uh, if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and like it. and uh, Tell your friends, tell two or, or three of your friends about this podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, don't forget to always look out for motorcycles. Maybe hit me up on Venmo at gangline wire or uh, buy me a cup of coffee on that app. Check my website out. Uh, I don't know. My, If you have any problems with PTSD in your vet, you know, Google PTSD and go to the Veterans Administration website and uh, you'll find a lot of help. A hotline, you'll find a lot of help. So thanks a lot, Cam.
1: Absolutely, Gary. I had a great time.